everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Cup of Nurses podcast. So today, I feel like I wanted to talk about some 2024 nursing resolutions or nursing goals. January has been over full for a little bit. So to be honest, March is a time when people kind of give up on their, you could say, mediocre or less important resolutions or goals. And usually whatever stays over in March and the coming months, that's kind of, you could say, your main resolution or or main goal. Because even when you look at it at, at the gym, let's just say if you're a pretty big gym goer, January, February, and maybe the beginning of March is when you see a lot of people at the gym. But slowly, once mid-March rolls around, a lot of those people kind of tend to fade away and you don't really see them in the gym anymore. So I feel like that is a good thing to look at when you look at the bigger picture of nursing resolutions and uh, nursing goals. Because like I said, we tend to taper off of our less important goals or maybe the goals that were hard that really we didn't really want to put the effort in. And the ones that we were kind of more interested in, those are the ones that, that kind of stay. But of course, I'm guilty of it as well. There has been definitely resolutions. There definitely has been New Year's and goals that I started off strong on and they were important and they still are important. And then for some reason, they just fall off due to the lack of motivation, just lack of time or just effort. You know, we don't put the effort in so we don't get results back. So then we're kind of back to where we started initially. So today I just wanted to go over some, maybe some new, you could say nursing resolutions you could have or some new goals for, for nursing. I'll share a little bit of my goals and just, just talk about it in a little bit of a broader detail, maybe get you back on track or Maybe if you haven't started any New Year's resolution or, or goals, this might give you the the little push to uh, to start them. So the first thing that's always good is reflection. So now that it's basically March, a good thing to do is reflect on what's happened in the last two months, right? Are the goals that you set for yourself, give it be financial goals, career goals, physical goals, mental goals, nutrition goals. Are you still going at those goals hard, right? Because in the beginning of the year, we start really hard and then we kind of slowly taper off. So take a look back at the last couple months and see if you're actually still working on those goals. Because like I said, they tend to taper off the ones that aren't as important as, as others. They kind of slowly fall away and you don't really focus on them too much. But it's always a good thing to maybe check yourself every quarter. Like, you know, when you think of finances, there's usually quarterly reports that, that companies give off. Hospitals give off quarterly reports. Uh, usually there's quarterly assignments for units. You usually look at what happened this quarter. And a quarter is what? Four months? Is that four months? Or three months? Sorry. Three months. And that's like a good point to kind of pause and just reflect on, hey, am I where I thought I was going to be? Am I still on track? So March is a really good time to, to do that, to figure out, hey, the last couple, couple months, have they been working out? Have they been not? Do I have to switch something up? Is maybe 
goal B more important now than, than goal A. So it's always really good to reflect. Just look at how you've changed already in these, in these couple of months compared to how you were in 2023. Just see how things are going. Has anything changed? Has your mindset changed? And it's okay to to change goals to maybe prioritize other things because it's all subjective. Some people might be really pushing financial goals. Maybe they want to buy like an investment property. Some people might want to have like these crazy fitness goals where they want to gain like 15 pounds or lose 15 pounds of fat or hit their fat percentage of 4% or 5% or whatever. And lots of times those goals that other people tell us about always sound like a good idea to us. And it's almost like you want to hop on the bandwagon. You're having some FOMO of other person's goals. So you kind of, kind of want to, I want to say, get rid of that because even though comparison is bad, it is still good at times because you need something to compare compare yourself to as like the standard in a way, right? If there's no, you can say gold standard, then what are you kind of achieving for or like your standards, things like that. So even though people say, you know, you don't want to compare, you want to compare, but sometimes you do want to compare and you have to also realize that are you comparing yourself in a negative way or a positive way? And is this something that you really want to do? Because I'm sure a lot of you are like me where a lot of times I have major FOMO. When I look at, for example, my Robinhood account that I didn't invest in this stock, even though I should have, you get that FOMO you want to invest, but you're like, hey, you know, is it going to go any higher? Things like that. Same with, with like in, in, in the gym, like you have your gym goals, like, hey, I want to be able to bench 225 or I want to be able to deadlift 225 or 315 and somebody else is working on trying to lo- lose weight and you're like, damn, you know, maybe I should lose weight too. So even though that that is good in a, in a sense to be careful because you have your own goals and you don't want to jump in on someone else's goals because ultimately your goals are the ones that you want to actually accomplish this other goal that people introduce into your life or that sounds like a good idea. You're not going to be as motivated to, to hit that because it sounds a good idea now in the short term, but in the long term, it's not really something that you really wanted to go for. So it's always really good to reflect. That's the first point I wanted to make is, is reflect on these last couple of months. Reflect every three to four months about where have you come? How far ha- have you come? Is this still a priority? Things like that. Just reflect and always try to make yourself just a little bit better. I would say overall, sometimes you have those really rough months where you're like, damn, you know, nothing has been working out for me. And those can be discouraging. But remember, even though, let's just say you're at a loss somehow, you're still learning. So you know where you fucked up. You know where you messed up on. You know that you don't want to keep doing that. For example, like, let's just say you're trying to meet a girl, right? Like you're trying to, if you go out more, you're trying to uh, make some more connections with with the opposite sex. So in my case, it like it'd be women, for example, and you find yourself watching a lot of porn, you know, watching a lot of porn, never a good thing, but maybe you were doing good in the first couple months of the year. And now, hey, these last couple of weeks, you haven't been really have any motivation. You've been watching a lot of porn, things like that. You know, even though technically you are at a loss because you've been, you've been missing out and, you know, you've, you've just not been doing things the right way. Now, you know, kind of, what caused that? Did you start watching porn because maybe you just didn't have a lot of success in the field? Things like that. So it's always good to kind of reflect and just think about what got you here. If you're in a good place, great. What got you to that good place? 
and how can you maximize it and how can you build that continuum of being on the right track and if you're not in a bad place well guess what it sucks yeah it's rough you don't want to, you're not where you want to be but now you know how you got into this position and if you don't that's okay this is where like i said keep reflecting and you're gonna find out hey did i put myself in this position what did i do to put myself in this position what did i do i do wrong and now let's kind of get out of this situation and stop playing the victim and kind of just just move on so back to your goals are your goals attainable what kind of goals do you have is it physical health mental health is it financial career like for example since majority of you listeners are our nurses think about where you are in nursing profession are you a new grad did you just start orientation are you maybe a year into orientation how are you feeling currently in your nursing career path are you already five years in six years in 15 years in 20 years in it doesn't matter the timeline or time frame it's just how do you feel about where you are right now for new grads you're probably still feeling a little bit stressed stressed every shift probably stresses you out a little bit gives you a little bit of anxiety because even in that first year year and a half even two years I felt that anxiety and stress walking onto every single shift because you still don't really know all the possibilities that can that can happen to you in a in a given shift. Nursing is is very scenario based, and there's almost a unlimited amount of scenarios that that can happen. A good day goes to bad real quick. A bad shift goes to a good shift as well, real quick. So that's always interesting to look at because everyone is at a different playing field, you're at a different part of your your career, different, you spend different amount of times being a nurse. So this might, this might vary, but if you've been a nurse for a couple of years, are you comfortable where you are? Is this something that you see yourself doing for the next 10 years, for the rest of your life? And that's completely okay. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Lots of times, nursing is a female dominant profession. So a lot of times nurses get their bachelor's, they become a nurse, and then that's where they stay, which is good because then they turn into moms, they have kids, they get married, they have relationships, and they kind of grow in that, that sense versus just focusing on nursing, nursing, nursing. Nursing just becomes a thing that helps the finances, that, that pays the bills, and you're more oriented on family, on your relationship, on things like that, where nursing is kind of on the back burner because you're just doing that as a means of income and that's completely fine you could still be a great nurse you still are a great nurse that doesn't matter because you could say your main focus is more on the family and ideas like that and and things like that which is which is super cool i feel like a lot of times in this society women don't get enough credit for you could say i don't, I don't want to say running the family but lots of times the the woman is you could say almost like the the building block or the centerpiece of the household because if you have somebody or sibling other, they're putting in 60 hours a week at work and they're, you could say, making the majority of the money. You are the main block as a woman. They're providing for the kids, taking care of the kids for the most part, taking care of the house, all, all that kind of stuff. And that's a very, very beautiful thing. That's why I always like to reflect like in the 1900s where women had a more 
you could say dominant role in the house where they took care of the house more, the kids, all that kind of stuff. I, I'm always fond of women that do that because for those of you that maybe are living such your parents' house or haven't moved out, when you live alone, you realize all the responsibilities that you have to take care of outside of work. There are so much things to do in your home. There's so much errands to run. There's so much phone calls to make. There's so much things you have to do inside the home on top of what you do outside of work. So that alone is basically a, a full-time job. So if you're living alone and you're working a full-time job, you're basically having two jobs because that responsibility is just, is just huge. And I always respect women that like to fill that role of, hey, I'm going to either be a stay-at-home mom or I'm going to focus more on the kids because that's something that's very not selfish because you're almost putting the household, the family, the kids, so you living other in front of yourself and you're focusing more on them than you are yourself because, yeah, it would be cool being a CEO of a hospital. It would be cool being a manager, making some, making more money, all that kind of stuff, but that's not always a priority and it shouldn't always be, be a priority. Not every person should strive for that because then the world would, wouldn't work. Relationships wouldn't work. Things wouldn't wouldn't work very well because we need people like that in the world to do those kind of things. And lots of times people enter nursing because they are more nurturing at heart. And women, most often than not, are a lot more nurturing than than in dudes, even when it comes to patient interactions, like sometimes I reflect on how I interacted with a patient versus how my female counterparts interact with patients. And I'm like, damn, you know, that's so genuine and so nice. And if I was a patient, now to compare like the nursing care or like the nursing environment to some guy nurses versus some female nurses, a lot of times women do a, a lot better job than than us men. It doesn't to, to be ashamed of, I mean, I do the best that I can. I'm sure I excel at certain things compared to other things. And women just excel at that at that, that nurture. It's almost like their God-given power is to be able to just provide that almost naturally. And that's super, super cool. And I'm very, I'm very fond of that. It's very nice to see. And even though maybe you haven't realized that or paid attention to it, next time you're on a unit or next time you're interacting with like a, a female, just pay attention to that. And a lot of times they're going to blow your mind. You're just like, like, damn, as, as a dude, I would never think about doing that or I even know how I would come across to do that. And women just somehow do it naturally. So some of you out there might be in a little, little different, different timeline or different, or a little bit different path. As I feel I get older, I feel like I'm running into more nurses that are trying to pursue higher education or they're trying to move up higher in the in like the workforce and the you could say the nursing ladder. A lot of times they want to become charge nurses or you might be a little bit over the whole bedside care, but still like nursing as a whole, you still like helping your your peers, you still like helping patients, you still like the basic framework of what nursing is, but maybe you're feeling that, hey, I wish I could do a little bit more or a little bit less bedside. So charger position always is always good for that. I, I know that maybe charger position doesn't pay a whole lot more than just a regular staff nurse, but still, if that's something that you kind of prefer 
more of like the you could say paperwork things more of like the less hands-on approach and more of a reference and a resource that's always a good thing to do and it's always a good thing to have as a fellow staff nurse it's always good to see that some nurses want to strive for that charge position because they fill that role very well because they know themselves a lot and they know what, what they like and they're figuring out a way to do more often times than not the things that like administrative stuff and that that's great not so much for me but you know teach their their own some people might be thinking about maybe becoming a educator or just maybe a manager or things like that and that's great that's going to most likely oftentimes require you to go back to school so if school is something you're thinking about for those administrative roles you should definitely do it there's been a handful of nurses that i met that got their master's and they moved on to for example like one of the nurses that i used to work with he got his master's and then he started to work for like epic and he's like an epic nurse or whatever that, that they do and he goes around basically educating people on how to use Epic or whatever charging system system that, that they work for. So that's always a good route if you're still interested in, you could say, the broader aspect of, of nursing, but not so much like the patient relationship, um, things like, like that. Those are all always cool. A lot of people are going to sales. Lots of nurses that I, that I met, or you could say lots of ex-nurses go into device sales or pharmaceutical sales. There's been a handful of times where a representative from Medtronic came and he was in a, he used to be a nurse and or Hilram, the bad people came and they're ex-nurses. So that's another way to expand your nursing. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's just like you want to pursue a different career path, you know, same way when we were in, you say, high school. We maybe worked at Starbucks, and that was cool for a little bit, but then you moved on to something else, so on and, and so forth. And I also want to address all those advanced degrees, uh, like getting your master's and become a nurse practitioner. That's always a, a good thing if you want more of a, you could say, leadership role. Nurse management is also a leadership role, but like a nurse practitioner leadership role is a little bit different. It's more still clinical versus more of the administrative administrative stuff. And I feel like I'm I'm seeing more and more nurses try to attain for those degrees. Maybe because I'm I'm older now. Because when I was a new grad on my first couple of years, not a lot of people were going to get those degrees like an NP degree or CRNA. Not that there was a lot, it's just personally in my circle I have a I didn't work with a lot. But that could also be to the fact that, hey, I was still a new nurse and didn't really associate myself with people that have been nurses for five, six, seven years. Because if you're a new grad, you're most likely hanging out with nur with the nurses that have been there roughly around the same time as you, so maybe a year or two. And when you graduate school, lots of times we want to take a break from school. You just got your bachelor's. A lot of times you don't want to pr pursue a master's right away. You want to get some experience. We just want to see how this feels kind of see where the cards fall, play it out a little bit. So a lot of times I feel like newer nurses associate themselves and communicate with also newer nurses. So that's probably the bias th that I had because I lots of times I hung out with just nurses that were maybe had a year or two of experience and they didn't want to pursue school yet. But now as I'm 29 years old right now, a lot of people that are my age, I feel like now are going to school. So 
that's kind of like a little bit of that of like that gap and that different differentiation that that kind of happens and there's really no wrong choice to to nursing if you want to stay bedside completely cool nothing wrong with that if you want to do a more administrative route super cool definitely follow your goals if you want to do more a of a leadership hands-on clinical approach that's amazing too there's really no place to go wrong in nursing and of course if you're a new grad and you're thinking about this like hey all these nurses have goals. I'm kind of just here trying to figure things out. That's perfect. That's exactly where you should be. You got to figure out where you are right now. You have to first be comfortable with, with being a nurse and being comfortable with going to, to work and expecting the unexpected because when you get used to that, it kind of feels like everything just kind of falls falls in place. And after a couple of years of being a nurse, if you are a strong nurse, nursing builds a lot of resilience. Because a lot of the crazy shit that we see in the hospital, people dying, people coming with gunshot wounds, people suffering from heart failure, sepsis, pneumonia, all that kind of things, that I feel like builds a lot of resilience because you see the worst that can happen to somebody in their life. Lots of times as a nurse, you're seeing these worst case scenarios and sometimes you, you go home and People around you might complain about certain things and to you, it doesn't bother you. That doesn't move you because you subconsciously see that things really aren't that bad because the people that are in the hospital and the ICU, they have it really bad. They're going to have a bunch of medical bills. They have a lot of health problems. They're not sure where you're going to get out of the hospital. They're not sure what's going to happen to their family. They have so much more things to worry about than somebody complaining about about certain things. Even I feel like as a nurse, you can play less. Because I feel like I, I can play less because sometimes I complain and I'm just like, you know, that really isn't that big of a deal because over time I've learned like, hey, I can handle this. This is, this is happening to me and I have the physical and mental capacity to deal with this. Imagine somebody stressing about their son's high school grades while at the hospital. That sucks. That sucks. Being in a hospital for heart failure and you having a teenage child that isn't doing good in school because guess what? You've been in and out of hospital and there's nobody to really, you could say, lead them in the right path. That fucking sucks. That sucks. Me having to go shopping, me having to run errands, me having to clean, me having a little bit of back tightness, me having whatever really does not seem like that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. And I feel like just that is also a motivator for us to just push through it, just address the problem and so on and and so forth. Like paying bills does suck. You know, maybe you need a new car. It does suck. But guess what? There's people in the hospital that need a new car and they're in the hospital, you know? So I'm not downplaying your problems. We each have our problems and we each go through our own specific things in life and I'm not downplaying anyone's problems because somebody that for example is going through a breakup in a sense subjectively has the same amount of stress going on that somebody for example that has a car that just broke down is going through it's all subjective so there's no need to downplay things because People go through all sorts of trauma and trauma is different, but the same. 
is different because it's objective. We go through the different trauma, but the trauma is still trauma. Doesn't matter if someone else has bigger trauma, you could say, or smaller trauma or whatever. It's still still trauma. It's still difficult. It's just difficult to you. Was it might seem like something easy to work around or something easy to get past for you, but guess what? That person had a different life experience. It might be a lot more difficult for them to do that. And same way with somebody might look at your problems and say, hey, you know, you don't have it that bad. So that's always an interesting thing to look at. But I feel like nursing has always, I feel like nursing always builds a little bit of the resilience subconsciously. So just to summarize, whatever nursing goals you have, if it's to get comfortable with just being a staff nurse and being comfortable with coming into work, that's a really good thing to focus on for the next couple months, if not the rest of the year. If you want to think about going back to school, give you props, do it. But remember, especially if you haven't been in school for the last five, six years, there is a lot of background work that you have to do. You have to figure out how much tuition is going to be. You got to figure out what school you're going to go to, what are you going to pursue if you're doing NP? Are you doing like a family NP? Are you thinking about doing like a psych NP? Or maybe you're just wanting to get a just a basic not basic, but maybe you just want to get a master's and just go into more of a administrative position. Do you want to level up on the unit? Do you want to be a clinical educator? Do you want to eventually be a manager? Do you want to be a charge nurse? Those are all good things to pursue. And maybe if those aren't goals that you really want to dive in 100% right now, but are considering, it's always good to just think about the steps that you could take to kind of get there. If you're thinking about maybe becoming the unit educator, good idea to always ask your manager or the current educator like hey what did you have to do to kind of get yourself in this situation what do i have to take what classes do i need uh what do i got to work what are responsibilities what are requirements because lots of times we go into this thing go into these things and we have an idea of let's just say hey i want to be a edu- nursing educator right but we don't really know the day-to-day of a nursing educator right we just know we, we just see we just know what we see. We know they walk around, help nurses with education, things like that, but you don't know the full background of to it. So if this is kind of in the back of your mind, it's always good to ask, like, hey, you know, as a nursing educator, what do you do all day? Like, what are your responsibilities? And they'll, they'll share with you a lot more things because maybe you like the education portion, but you just don't like the whole administrative side to that education portion where you have to kind of follow up on, hey, are we meeting these outcomes? Are we, are we doing this? Why are we not hitting these outcomes? Things like that, because your responsibility is going to be to not only your nursing peers, but also higher management as to, hey, you're supposed to be doing this. Why have ha- why has this not been met? So there's a lot of things that go on in the background that we don't know in careers or paths they want to pursue. Same with like nursing. When you went to nursing school, you had this idea of what nursing is, and now you've been a nurse for a while or you're a new grad and you're like, oh, so this is how nursing actually is. This is not the whole scope of what I thought I was getting myself into. So there's always things like that. And the one last thing I want to always stress, and I feel like this is almost like an every episode kind of a thing is, is physical health. You're only as healthy mentally as you are physically and you are physically as healthy as you are mentally. Those go hand in hand. That's why the gym is such a benefit, not only physically, but also mentally and I want to stress the importance of working on your physical health. You don't have to go crazy overboard of you're going to fast for 
24 hours and you're going to go to the gym five times a week for two hours. None of that is necessary. Unless you want to, that's fine. Like for example, me, I go to the gym, I want to say four to six times a week and I spent about anywhere from two to three hours at the gym. I like the gym a lot. That's where I do a lot of my thinking. That's where I do a lot of my, my, you say mental work as well as physical work. I like doing physically hard things. And if you have not gotten used to doing physically hard things, it's something that you should maybe try to do. I'm not saying you gotta like carry the boats like David Goggins, all that kind of stuff. No, just push yourself physically a little bit every time. I'm not saying you have to do some crazy ass way or anything like that, but whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you are comfortable with that gets you out of that comfort and makes you uncomfortable, that's what you should do. For example, I always hated cardio and cardio is something that I tell myself I'm going to do every single week and I always tend to kind of push it off. So as much as I hate cardio, I've been trying to do more cardio because something that that's tough. Like weightlifting, to me that, that that's fun. I'm comfortable in the uncomfortableness of weightlifting, but what makes me really uncomfortable is the stairmaster, the treadmill, all of that kind of kind of stuff. Like hitting the bag, that's cardio, things like that. But that's something that I really enjoy doing. And the cardio in the sense of like stairs, treadmill, that's the cardio that I dislike and that's something that I'm continuously working on and I feel like that makes me a physically and mentally better person because I could push those boundaries of, hey, I could run a little bit more or, hey, my legs are, are tired and my mind is telling me to stop but guess what? I can go a little further because I'm not dying here on the treadmill. I'm not going to die on this treadmill if I stay here an extra five, 10 minutes, right? Like I'm not going to die if I end my workout with a 15 minutes of Stairmaster, right? <laughs> you're not, but it just about breaking that, that mental barrier of you're, you're telling yourself, no, I don't want to do this because I don't have to. That's what it's about because it translates to like the simplest things in life, like procrastination. You have to go return something that you've been meaning to return for the past week and you just don't feel like going to return that thing. The work in the gym helps you break that and you might not even notice it. It might just happen subconsciously and naturally where you're going to see yourself procrastinating less because a lot of times we procrastinate not because you physically can't do something. It's because we mentally hold ourselves back from doing that thing. And going to the gym and pushing past your physical and mental boundaries allows you to almost normalize pushing past that mental character that's holding you back. And that also translates into bedside nursing. It translates to just nursing and unit because there's been so many times in my unit experience where I, you know, don't feel like doing this. So I'm going to push it off a little bit or technically I don't have to do this. I'm not going to go the extra mile. This kind of little bit of laziness that kind of gets pushed aside because somehow you programmed your mind to either push back against that little negativity or just find a way to work around it or just silence it. And it's, I feel like a lot of that is built in the gym. I feel like a lot of my stress that I hold on to gets put away in the gym. I'm able to just deal with things a little bit better. And I feel that's a big thing for men and, and women. I know the way we look physically, that's always a big thing to us. We always compare ourselves, oh, 
this, this girl's got a got a bigger butt. This girl's got some nice legs. They had that little gap in in between their thighs, whatever that's called. And I don't. You know, we always we always do that. We always compare ourselves, but lots of times we do that, and we don't want to put that work into attain those things. Sometimes those things aren't going to be able to be physically attained. That's something that you have to work past and understand that hey, just because this person has this doesn't mean I should also have it. Yeah, it looks good, great for them. They got the good genetics, they could have it. But what is something I can do that will make me better in a sense? What are my physical strengths that, that I see that I have? And you might think you don't have any, but everybody, everybody has them. Lots of times it just takes a couple months or a couple of weeks at the gym to figure those out. And then you kind of run with them. You're going to see that some girls have nice lower bodies, but their upper body is, there's nothing there. You know, there's like, there's no muscle. They work it out all the time, but guess what? They just have a hard time developing upper body muscle. And I'm not saying you got to be this jacked female powerlifter or this bodybuilder. No, but we all, we all want some definition in our back. We all want some definition in our, in our arms. You might not be able to attain that thigh gap or those thin thighs because you naturally have bigger hips. That's okay. But guess, guess what? You might be able to attain that more, you could say muscular or more of a healthier physique in your, in your back or your arms. I'm not sure if I'm wording it correctly, but you know, we want a, a nice frame. We don't got to be swole. You girls out there don't got to be a bodybuilder, but we do want some muscular definition, right? I'm, I'm sure girls out there want some muscular de definition because it just looks good. You don't need all that giant muscle, but as long as you have some differentiation over here, here's my deltoids, here's my traps, just to see that it's there, you know, that's all you need to make you feel better. And some people are going to attain that quicker than they are that low lower body stuff. Like for me, my caps have always been the issue. And I don't know if I'm training them too little or, or, or too much or what, but it's like, I feel like I've had the same calves all my life, no matter how much I adjust my workout and things like that. Simple are just gen genetically gifted. And it is, it is what it is. Like look at, like for example, John Jones for all my UFC fans out there. John Jones has the smallest calves in the world, but that guy can fuck somebody up. That guy can fuck anybody up. And he's he's huge. He's muscular, he's huge. But he's got those tiny ass calves. It just is what it is, you know? So, so the gym helps you realize what are your physical strengths? Where are you physically and genetically gifted? And it allows you that perspective where it's like, hey, I'm not all just bad. I do have some good quality, physical qualities in me that I could that I could highlight. And in, in general, you're going to look better regardless of what your genetic makeup is. If you're going from now working out to working out or you're going from working out twice a week, four times a week, you're going to look better at the end of it. And it feels good that you could control some part of that look aspect. We can't really change the face that we're born with, right? But we could change other things that are going to complement us in different ways. And it makes you feel like you're more in control of things. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. I'm trying to manage making some videos, I want to say every other week, because I am in school and I do work even though I do work part-time or technically to registry, but I work twice a week, not the, not the full three because I want to have a easier time with school because for me, school has always been a little bit more difficult. I'm more of a clinical kind of person. So I sacrifice some of the pay just to kind of um, be a little more comfortable with school. But 
Like I said, make sure you guys subscribe to YouTube, Couple Nurses. Make sure you guys check out the website. And I'll see you guys again in a couple weeks. Thank you.